For Top Comp Podcast, I'm Patrick Tomaso, and this is not the daily. Today, one of my tweets is blowing up featuring an iPad Pro, propped up on a bedside stand. What do I think of the iPad Pro? Also, the end of my May film challenge is close. Will I be going back to digital images? It's Wednesday, May 29th. Welcome back to another episode of Top Comp Podcast. It's me, Patrick Tomaso. No, I will not be doing this entire episode like New York Times The Daily. They're just too good at what they do. Good old Michael Barbaro with his interesting inflection of voice. I saw that he tweeted out one of his scripts for an episode, and he actually puts in all the pauses that he says, because he has this weird way of pausing between words. I'll just I'll just read the script that he put up as like a teaser for what he was about to do, I guess, for today's episode or whenever you're listening to this. It was for one of the episodes. And it has all these dot, dot, dots and spaces because, and it's all in like capital letters and whatnot. I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but here's how the script reads with the pauses already wrote in. From the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. Today, from the start, the Trump administration has tried to dismantle regulations aimed at curbing climate change. Now, in its latest attack, the administration is trying to dismantle climate science. It's Wednesday, May 29th. What I love about New York Times The Daily is not only that they have to put one out every single day, like they're pumping this thing out on like a 24-hour cycle, it's his inflection, it's his voice. Like so much of what makes a podcast great is the host's voice. And New York Times The Daily is one of the greatest examples of how it sort of rests on the shoulders of just how good he is at speaking and narrating through these episodes. There's, I was one of the ads for one uh, that was on uh, New York Times The Daily was for their like internal, like subscribe to New York Times basically. And they get a lot of people like with listener feedback saying that Michael does a little bit too many mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm, while he's talking to people that he's interviewing. Like if someone's having a conversation and they're just saying what they need to say, Michael tends to go mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and nod along to whatever that person's saying. And the reasoning from the team when they were talking about it in this ad is that he represents the audience in those situations because obviously us listening to the podcast, we're not there. So him Mm-hmm, and doing all these kind of sounds is just another little reminder that there's someone else in the room. But I can totally understand why people get annoyed from it because it kind of annoys me sometimes. But I will take that explanation and it's fine, Michael. I love you and the theme song is great and whatnot. Anyways, I just want to do that little like parody intro because I thought it was fun and I wanted to talk about how the New York Times does their scripts, how Michael read, writes the scripts, sorry. Uh, I will be talking about the topics that I talked about in that fake intro. So the first one was that I have a tweet blowing up right now uh, featuring the iPad Pro. So I got the iPad Pro a couple weeks ago. I guess we haven't talked about that yet here. So we'll talk about it now. Uh, I was sort of looking for something that I could just use to edit photos and whatnot on the go because I tend to use my phone solely uh, as my main editing platform when it comes to pictures. Whether I'm shooting with the phone or not, when I shoot with like my regular camera, I'm always transferring images directly to the phone and then editing with Visco and whatnot on my phone. But, you know, the screen is small and I want just a better experience. And so I started looking into iPads. This is not my first iPad. I had the iPad 2 and I also had an iPad mini. My family inherited both of them. The iPad 2 got smashed and we never repaired it because it wasn't worth it. And then the iPad mini is just somewhere lost in the ether. I have no idea where it went. And because I have an iPhone 10, I don't even have 
like a plus size phone anymore. So it's just a little bit too small for me. I have a 13 inch MacBook Pro and a 15 inch MacBook Pro, uh, both mid to 2015 models. They're fantastic. They do everything I need them to do, but they are a little bit heavy and clunky. And so are the new MacBooks. I wasn't really interested in any of those new ones. I don't like the keyboard. I don't like the touch bar and they're just fucking expensive. So all that was left was uh, the iPad Pro, and I wasn't going to go with any of the ones that have the bezels on it, like the chin and the and the the forehead. I don't know what do you call the top chin? Is it a top chin or is it a forehead? It should be forehead and chin. Let's call it forehead and chin. Uh, so they still make iPads that look like they've looked for the last like four years, if not longer. Um, I guess four years would make sense. Uh, so I wanted the new iPad Pro that looks like how I think all the new phones should look. It's very sleek. It's got the kind of rounded corners of the screen. It's flat. It's a little bit weird in the hand, but it just looks nice. It looks modern. It's one of the first pieces of technology that I've bought in a while uh, that actually feels like the future. It feels like a new piece of technology. You know, even my iPhone 10, even though that was a pretty major redesign from like the eight and the seven, it still just feels like an iPhone. It doesn't really feel like something that new. Whereas the iPad Pro does feel like a good step forward. And I really hope this doesn't this design language continues forward with the phones. I doubt it based on all the leaks that have been coming out. But it would be nice at some point if they kind of follow suit and have some consistency because I also think that the new iPad Pro, like the eleven inch and the twelve point nine, they matched MacBooks really well too in terms of their their you know the hard corners and whatnot. It's just a nice looking device. Now the problem was I was looking at these things and they're they're expensive. Like in Canada, the base model sixty four gig is like nine ninety nine plus tax. So you're looking around like thirteen hundred bucks, all said and done for the lowest storage size. And I was like, God, I really don't feel like paying paying thirteen hundred bucks. So I'm someone who likes to go on a lot of buy and sell websites. Uh, you know kind of Craigslist vibes in in Toronto we have one called Kijiji and Kijiji has a lot of great stuff I've bought in camera I bought my GH5 off there I've bought cars off there uh, and so for about a week I just started like scouring Kijiji looking for someone who maybe got one as a gift or something didn't have the receipt anymore or whatnot uh, and they just wanted to offload it and then to my luck someone posted a 64 gig iPad Pro 11 inch which is the size that I wanted uh, for 700 bucks and it said still in plastic haven't used it blah, blah, blah. so I was a bit skeptical at first so I was like, this might be a scam. Um, I met them at a Tim Hortons, which is a major coffee chain here in Canada that you're probably aware of. Uh, and basically, it was this older man. He came in. He's like, it was a gift. I don't have the receipt anymore. Uh, he plugged it in for me. He showed me that the camera worked. He showed me that he's like signed to iCloud, make sure it works and everything, blah, blah, blah. And I gave him 700 bucks. And now I'm the proud owner of a brand new iPad Pro. And so far, I think it's almost great. Okay. If I had paid 1300 bucks for it, I'd probably be more disappointed, but because I only paid 700, I'm getting quite a good enjoyment out of it and I'm getting good use out of it. Here's the biggest problem, and you've heard this at nauseum from other people, it's that the device itself is perfect. I don't have any issues with the device. The camera's good, it's got the iPhone XR camera, not that you should even be taking pictures uh, with your iPad unless you're like a 42 year old parent, but it's the software that's the issue, okay? iOS is iOS. If you have an iPhone, the iPad does exactly what your iPhone does. It's not going to do anything more, but it also doesn't do anything less. So the problem with iOS is that you're stuck in this container of Apple's bullshit <laughs> because it doesn't have a proper file management system. If you want to import things, you have to loop them through the camera roll, like through the Photos app. There's just a lot of these little things that are just very, very annoying. Now, that's not to say that you can't do everything with it. I think you can actually do 99% of everything you can do with a laptop. It just means it takes you longer and it's a cumbersome process because you're working around the constraints 
of iOS. Now they're saying at WWDC, which is coming up very soon, they're going to announce iOS 13, which will hopefully introduce some sort of file management. And on top of that, what I want most of all, and I'm actually banking on this because I bought a 64 gig, is that you can attach external storage and just load media directly from that. Like right now, if I wanted to edit a video project, it wouldn't even take a full 64 gig card because first the OS is taken up, God knows what, and then I have all these apps on it and whatnot too. So I'd have to edit it in chunks, which would be a pain in the ass. Now I know they make like these wireless, like Wi-Fi external hard drives and whatnot that you can use, but I'm just like not going down that path until I figure out if iOS is gonna fuck me or not. Uh, it, but right now I just think that the, the, the software is just a little bit behind in that it just becomes a glorified iPhone. And like, really, everything that you do on your iPhone, you just end up doing on your iPad because the screen's bigger and it's a better experience. And I don't think this is a bad thing. I actually think it's worth the money for this. I think like, you know, if you're someone that just wants to browse the internet, go on Twitter, check your email, do some writing and whatnot, this is like the perfect device. The only time now that I have to pick up my laptop is if I have to do something extensive in something like Photoshop, which to, to honestly, to the credit of the iPad, I can get done in Procreate and whatnot. But it's still like, even just the, the, the touch interface, it's like, Using the pencil and whatnot, I did get the pencil. It's good, but it's still not as fast as what I can do on a laptop. And I'm hoping, you know, with external file management and maybe just a little bit more support with apps and like raw files and whatnot, I do think that this will get better. And I have a feeling that I will replace one of these laptops entirely with this iPad at some point. But right now, if I want to sit down and edit a video, it's faster for me to do it in Final Cut than it is for me to use like Adobe Rush or LumaFusion on the iPad Pro. As good as those apps are, it's just, you're, it's not that the apps is slower, it's like your input towards it is slower. So maybe there's a bit of learning curve that I still need to get past as well. But overall, I would say if like you're looking for it to be a dedicated machine to completely replace your laptop, I'm gonna be honest, I don't think it's there yet. I would hold out just a little bit longer to see where iOS 13 goes. Otherwise, you're just gonna be dealing with a lot of headaches that you don't wanna be dealing with. And for the money, I think you should want this to be a perfect device. And it's just almost perfect, it's almost great. It's good, but it's not great. Next up, it's coming to the end of May, and all throughout May, I have only been posting 35 millimeter film shots. You guys know that I've been like kind of bored with Instagram and, and a bit of just photography in general, but mostly on Instagram. So I was looking for an outlet or a way to light some fire under me and start shooting more and creating more and just get excited again. So I thought, why not jump into 35 millimeter? And so I already had a few 35 millimeter cameras, so I bought more film and started shooting, and I love it, it's fun. Uh, I bought more cameras than I needed for this challenge, but I'm obsessed with them right now. It's a bit of a hobby for me, is just collecting these cameras and seeing what they do and how they perform and the different looks and trying out different films and whatnot. It's just been very interesting for me. Uh, the experience of shooting film, I love way more than shooting digital. It feels like every photo is almost like an accident. Even though you're framing it up and you kind of know what you're going to get, you really don't know until, you know, the week later or a few days later, if you, if you pay a little more, uh, what your image is. And it feels like once you see them, you're like, oh, shit, I did get it. I got that one. That's crazy. Or you almost forget that you even took that picture because you don't have 50 of them in your camera roll on your phone. So it's just the experience is just so exciting. It's it's the novelty of shooting film that I think I like more than the actual look of film. I put up on my Twitter an example of a shot that I did in New York with a 35 millimeter camera on Fuji C200. And then I shot the same angle on my Pixel 2. And then I, I just did a film emulation with Fuji 
in Visco, and it's it's almost impossible. Like you can tell they're different, but if you saw either of them in isolation, and I said both of them were film, I'm I'm pretty confident you would have agreed with me. You would have believed me that I said they're both film. So the emulation of these, the look of film, I think we're there. I think it's very easy for you to use a digital camera and make it look like a film camera, but you're not getting the experience of shooting a film camera. I'm not even saying that to be like a hippie. It's just a different way of shooting and it makes you use your brain a little bit differently. You're much more composed with your images and it's made me shoot digital differently now too. Like I still shoot stuff with my phone here and there and so I just have a library of content if I need to go back to digital and I find myself like a bored, like it's too easy to be shooting with a phone. So going into June, what I am going to do is I'm going to shoot back digital. I am going to go back to digital because it's, it's just very expensive to be shooting film like months on end, especially if you need a photo like every, every day or so. So what I am going to do is I'm going to go back to digital, but to keep kind of pushing myself into new territories. So I'm not getting stale and bored like I was before this time I'm going to do phone shots, but no editing. So I'm going to go straight from the phone, right to Instagram, no editing. I'll, do cropping and straightening and whatnot, but I will not be adding any filters, no color adjustments, no exposure changes, nothing. I'm literally just going to go straight from camera onto Instagram, hashtag no filter. So that should be a fun experience for June. And all these things are just ways for me to stay excited. It's it's like when you do this for a long time, especially if you're a daily poster like myself, it just gets stale and boring after a while and you need ways to get excited again. And so between shooting film and now trying this like natural approach, I'm hoping that I don't get bored again and I'm hoping that I can like kind of reinvigorate my love for Instagram and sharing stuff with you guys that way because it, I, I was sad that I was like, why am I not into this anymore? Like, why am I not excited about sharing this stuff? Because it means I'm not excited about creating either and that's like a scary thought for me. And so I think that this like experiment with film and now this experiment with digital uh, will be fun. And I encourage all of you to try new things that kind of freak you out and make you do different things because you might be surprised at the types of images that you shoot. Like I'm shooting stuff on film that I didn't really ever shoot on digital. Like it's a new composition for me. It's a new style. And it'll be interesting to see what happens in June when I just like stop editing because I rely pretty heavily on editing when I do digital photography. So let's see how that flies. A bit of housekeeping. Uh, the previous episode, we launched the camera giveaway for the Lumix G7. If you're not familiar, that is live now for the next two weeks or so. I think it's June 15th. This is the final deadline. I, all the links are in the show notes of this, or sorry, all the, the the notes for how to enter and whatnot are in the show notes for this. But basically, you just need to start your own podcast. Send me a link to that podcast on Twitter, and I'll be choosing a winner uh, in a couple weeks to win my Panasonic G7 with a lens. So you can upgrade whatever it is that you're shooting with now, or you can add a new camera to the kits. It's a fantastic little 4K camera, and I'm excited to give that to somebody who needs it more than me. Once again, this is Top Comment Podcast. I'm Patrick Tomasso, and you'll hear me next time I feel like talking. Cheers. Are you tired of hearing stock music that sounds like this? Does everything that you search for sound like a Coldplay song? Are all the royalty-free tracks you're finding remind you of a tasty video? Well, fear not, Musicbed is here. With Musicbed, you can find songs for your projects that don't suck. You can find music that slaps. If 
if you click the link in the show notes of this podcast, you can sign up for Musicbed and get banger tracks like this one. So sign up for Musicbed today. The host needs money, and he wants your money. So click the link in the show notes and listen to good music. The Musicbed. Or I think it's just Musicbed. Music that doesn't suck. Music that doesn't suck.